You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, my name is Lauren, but you probably know me as Catherine Ross. I'm here to let you know that if you love our content and want to feel the same dread, terror, and jubilation that I do, then make sure to check out Lurking Fears when you head out to your next convention. With a great group of professional storytellers, Lurking Fears is able to weave stories that will haunt you and take you to the very edge of madness, which is something I know a little bit about. Now, while specializing in Call of Cthulhu, Lurking Fears also runs games from a variety of other systems, so there's something for everyone. They're committed to running heavy RPG adventures that are driven by the narrative and, of course, by the player's choices. So, check out their Facebook page and follow them to keep on top of which con they'll be hosting games at next. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Now, let's get back to the action and see what our Keeper Raz has in store for us. But if history has taught us anything, probably going to be bad news. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. Raz and the whole team, we are here and we have just um, had several big things happen. Jack assault, assaulted a um, sort of a hedge mage uh, out in the middle of Australia, uh, Edgar Locke, and wants his blood back after Edgar gave him some information that Ella is stuck somewhere, he believes, not far from his own brother, um, somewhere in Australia. And he thinks that there's this place that people get kind of sent when things go awry and that Ella may be out in that area. They ended up having to sedate Jack, thinking that was for the best because they didn't want to have Edgar get hurt and then lose the chance to connect to Ella. So Jack is currently kind of really in a heavy drug kind of sedation, uh, lying on the floor, and we're going to find out what happens with them in a moment. Ella was able to find a small flashlight that had been left in the hands of this mummified being, and when she turned it on, it appears to be Jack uh, John Schooley, and in his hand was a note addressed to Ella herself. Why don't we start there? Because I'm sure the listeners are wondering how the hell this all happened. Uh, Ella, why don't we go ahead with you? You have the note in your hand. You have the flashlight. The light from the flashlight is not uber bright. Okay. It's not like this thing is going to last you a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but you can, you know, it's good for a while. And then you, again, you can conserve it by turning it on and off and things like that. But for right now it's on the lights, the lights. Okay. Is it a futuristic torch? Um, no, it looks like one from now. Okay, so this is current John dead body. Not he went in, he fell through time and space into the future and came back. John dead body. Gotcha. You're not, you don't. You're not sure how to put this all together yet. It's very confusing. So we're yep. gonna find out. Yep. All right. Do so you open the letter? Yes, I open the letter, ready for tears. <laughs> It's just quickly scribed. Um, it's written even in pencil. Just rubbed together, you know, quickly scrawled out. It says, I had to travel back over 300 years to find this. It is all I can give you to fight against Shakotl. John. I say aloud, What are you talking about? What, what, what object do you have on you that... And I start searching his body, and I'm guessing from the context clues of last episode that the metal thing around his neck, the medallion thing pops out at me. It's the only thing you can see on him. Um, his shoes are incredibly worn. Um, the, the textiles on his pants are, everything looks the John you knew, except that John's body has somehow aged rapidly or whatever has aged. Um, but here he is. And he, the only thing on him that is different than you remember of John is the fact that his nails have grown, obviously his eyes have sunken and they're gone and his hair is whiter and longer. But other than that is the medallion. Huh? Okay. So I reach for it. Do my psychic senses tingle, or do I recognize anything about it from, like, 
Cthulhu mythos or just occult stuff? Can I make an occult roll for this, or...? You can make an occult roll. Yes! Three! That's critical. Alrighty. It looks something like this. Ah! Elder sign! Bitches! So you made you, you made the role. You you know what it is. It's a it's a sign. Some people say it's a warning of protection. Some people say it's a weapon. You're not sure which yet, but you do know that they're incredibly rare. Uh, most of the time, it's it's rumored type stuff, but it definitely deals with, you know, if if John said it was to help you against Shakotal, you believe this is the kind of thing that can help you against Shakotal. I'm feeling the emotions. Clearly, he had to do something to get it because I know how rare they are. And if he it, it, if it ended with him here, it didn't end well. Did, like, do you touch the medallion? I I, I have been. I've been like running my fingers over. Like, I can't believe to read it. My head says no, because like <laughs> reading an object of yes. power like that, it would maybe melt my brain like i don't know if i want to be like looking into this thing so yeah like i'm not gonna do it unless i have like a backup person like next to me to get me out of the trance because again like ella's trances are very involved like she doesn't normally snap out that easy give me an idea roll okay Just made it with a 64. If you were to sit in the water with the eels all over you, uh, they would be more than enough of a of a pullback. Like, it would be enough to have them sliding all over you that if you were reading and something, it, it would jar you. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't make the vision last long enough where you think you're going to get dragged in too deep. Hi. Uh, Okay. Well, um, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice to know. Um, I think this is a great time for a cutaway. Not yet. While I, while I make this decision. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not yet. Not yet. Denied. Come on. I don't no. want to. Uh, oh, the listeners are hanging on the edge of their seat. We don't want. They could be driving a car, riding on a train or something to work. <laughs> Uh, Victoria might be on the. I mean, if this strike's over, I'm sure it is by now over in England. Uh, she's Kayla, probably do you sitting want there to screaming cause car out. accidents? I mean, yeah, you don't want to do that. Let's go. Make a decision. <laughs> but I don't. Here's the thing. Like, this is Kayla. So Ella would say jump. Kayla would not, but Ella says jump. Okay. And Catherine, Catherine looks at the screen and says, and that's why I'm glad I'm not in the cave. Okay. So. <laughs> Because Catherine's like, I don't understand a thing you're doing right now. All right, um, I turn off the, I turn off the torch, by the way. Save yep. the energy. Um, like those poor children in the caves of Thailand. <laughs> I need to save the energy on the torch. And if I'm in full dark, I'll be able to focus better. Sure. You sit down in the water. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, so your I, pants that were just starting to not stick to your bottom and your and your body are now drenched again and the eels they start to move out of the way you sit on one or two of them and they 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 really they nip at you a little bit and then they leave you alone but they're just sloshing all over the place we're trying uh, to save someone who willingly jumps into a pool of eels catherine says (laughs) mystical eels valid point (laughs) um i get in the water like to about the center of the pool I hold the elder sign to my chest and lean down into the water and I'm going to do an 11 sensory deprivation bath moment right now. Okay. Give me a roll. Tell me what your read is. Psychic again. Yeah. My psychic clairvoyance. Fantastic. All right. I've been rolling hot all night. Please don't kill me now. Okay. That's just a regular success at 36. So I don't melt my brain correct um so here's what what you get you see john in nepal okay you see him 
watching you leave, watching the team leave from the top of the mountain after he had recovered Aveline's body. And you got it from the yogi, right? From the, pe- the guru up on the hill. You get an image of him in his apartment, in his, they call them cells and monasteries and things like that. But where he had done all the artwork, you see him there. The images are coming somewhat, you feel, out of sequence. Because now he's painting, mm-hmm. right? He's writing things down. He's leaving those cryptic messages. He's leaving a mathematical formula. Um, but then you see John on the mountain with the Athaqua. And you get that image for a second, right? And he's up there and you see, the, you know, phase in the circle and, and all this stuff's going on. And the Athaqua leans down and you see Schoolie point and scream and then it starts shambling away. You get that image. Then you're back. And, and again, it's, it's flopping left, right, left, right, like in your head. You're, you're, you're just streaming all of these images. And the thing is that you're not touching John. You're touching the medallion. And getting these images. So where did the medallion come from? How does the medallion understand the things that happened? Because you never knew John to carry this. The fetishes that John had were never an elder sign. Right? That's not what he had had. And according to his note, at some point he had to step back to find this item. Yeah. So you see him in his cell again. And you see him performing some sort of a ritual. The book starts floating out of his hand. His hair goes wild. Lights, you know, flare up from the floor. And the book... And John's gone. Now you see John standing in what looks to be Egypt. And he's out in front of the Sphinx. And he's walking around. And he starts climbing up the, the side of it. And you see him up there. And he's he gets towards the top and he's walking along the back and he's just poking around. Now you see him in an old vault somewhere. Sandstone, all these things going on around it. What, you know, it's, it's these images that are definitely Egyptian and you see him reaching for something and it's just on this, this statuary. It's it, what appears to be that elder sign. He reaches for it and the whole room goes dark. You see him being dragged, and as he's pulling through, like he's being, you just see the world spinning around him, and then it it starts to go black, and you feel wet and cold, and all of a sudden, there you are, and you see John, and he looks to be old and decrepit and emaciated, and he grabs you, and he's trying trying to hold on to you. You come flying out. And the eels are all over you. You're lying in the room and you're looking up and you're looking back and you, it's, you know, you're back in that black room. But this time you can see just a little bit, like your mind is putting it together. And John's there. So the only thing in your head that makes sense is that at some point he physically went, he physically manifested himself, found the elder sign he was looking for, that he had been doing the research on got split off, either astrally, something happened to his spirit. And as he was trying to get back to you, coalesced in that phase of time when the boat in the ocean had kind of gone out of phase, right? It wasn't in the real time. It was floating in space. Sensed you're in trouble. Knew he needed to get that uh, item to you. That was his whole goal all along. Was drawn to you, saved you, and somehow got you here. But physically, his body is aged and withered, and it's sitting there. You, it's hard to understand how he went from there to here physically, but you believe astrally somehow he was the one that pulled you out from the water, from that flux of whatever happened on the boat, and put you in this spot to give you this item. Doing that either killed him, or the trip itself just aged him to a point where his, he like something either went wrong with the spell or it was a trap inside the, the Sphinx. Whatever it was, something mystically happened to John. And he's gone. But he finished the mission. He got you the item. A lot of information to take in. She's like 
probably crying at this point because, again, this was someone she knew and cared for and considered a friend in the occult arts. And she slithers back out of the pool um, and just sits beside him, heavy breathing, because that vision took a lot out of her. Sure. And reaches down to touch his bony hand and says, You've given enough. I hope now you may rest in peace. You, you sense, Ella, um, that somewhere that acknowledgement means something. Whatever, whatever was released, whatever was done, whatever happened on Rupkund, the only way he was able to make it better wasn't saving a village of 150 people because the Athakwa could knock them out in a heartbeat, right? That, that's nothing to something as ancient and powerful. What he did, though, was give you the weapon or this item that is the one thing mankind has been able to somehow deduce or discover that is strong enough to be a powerful talisman against such evil and such cosmic horror. So for the bad thing that he may have caused to kick off, he gave his life to rectify that mistake. And by doing so, he had to find this this spell that allowed him to astrally project and grab it or physically go back, whatever. But somehow it brought his remains here in this room. And this pool of water... And as your torch is moving around again, like you turn it back on and you're looking at John, the rock itself has a reddish hue to it. Doesn't know what that means for you right now because you've never seen this, but it will mean something as we go forward. Because you can see the pave painting, right? Everything's in that ochre color, that like reddish, right? The background is all that that real heavy like iron ochre look. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's what it is. And... The eels are in the picture, if you see it. Two people yeah. side by side. All the old spirits watching this one sacred place. And it even looks like maybe water down where the eels are. That illusion of, like, different color. This this painting, you know, did John leave this one? Did the Aborigines leave this as a mystical point? You're unsure, but it all coalesced to this moment, to here. Okay? All right, over to the other team. <sighs> Oof. A lot. Damn, yeah. Scott, how you doing, bud? Um, I know you don't play him anymore, but hanging in there. Big sad. Big sad, but I mean, if it, you know, when when this all happened, uh, listeners, this is an aside, and I, 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 I think I'm okay sharing this, even though it's you know out of character for a moment. When this all happened, the one reason that that Scott felt so passionate about John leaving when we were talking was he had to find a way to make things right. You know, that was the thing, right? All I want to do is fix how, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know what, I mean, but I want to make sure that I go forward by figuring out, even if it takes, remember, even if it takes me all my lifetime, I want to somehow try to make this right by by me, knowing what I did. And um, that set off in my whole head to bring him into Australia with this one piece. Now, it all came together in a little bit of a different way than I expected, but it was, yeah, this was always, when, when Scott made that call, this is where I thought John should, you know, should hopefully come back somehow. It's actually so. very interesting. If you think about where, when he was on Ripkun, it was the tipping point, right? Where right. It, in a way from other people looking at him, the madness was slowly taking him. His enjoyment of, of all of these mysteries was, was really like growing and growing and growing faster and faster. And so he reached his tipping point and it's almost as if he tipped forward and went through the looking glass, you know? And so yeah, even though we sure. moved on, all, he just, he just dove head first into this entirely different universe, this different world. That, and that's why that art in his room was, I had to find something that worked with Aboriginal look, right? That style of that kind of, it, it's a different, it's different side of tra- slightly different tradition, but it had a similar look and color scheme and everything else was to sort of tie it into this whole Australia thing. So yeah, this is this is where John where I kind of saw it after I saw, you know, Scott was I need to roll up a new character and this is where we're going to go with it. And I was like, that's great. So yeah, listeners, so I hope this with this will this will Real quick, I'm sorry. Um yep. 
I remember, I just remembered what Ella was saying to him because I remember she fought him the most about leaving. Like, you get on this plane, you don't just walk away and then, like, leave us to pick up the mess. Like, you come. And now she's like, in this moment, she'd probably be regretting those words because he didn't actually walk away. He had to, he had to basically break off in order to save them later. And that was a huge thing for her like i think that he also knows that you know because all three of us were kind of giving him a really hard time about leaving because we were just so scared about losing someone else and i think that you know he realizes that we it's we did it because we care you know we wanted to help him we're a team the if you're a mystic and you see an athakwa or something of that nature go out and you're you know you're in it right you're part of the deal that set it off to me, the only thing that you could be thinking of in, my, in the way I saw it in my head would be, okay, I need to fi- I need to do the research or find out or meditate or figure out what's out there that slows these things down or stops them. And you know, these elder signs are so rare; you just don't make one. These are very, very powerful items of power. So it's either spend thirty five years on figuring out how to do it, or grab one that's already been made. So I, I think John would have risked life and limb to get that item to you guys, especially for us. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So this just gives us another, I mean, we, we've got a lot of reasons why we're doing this and this just adds one more big one. So for John. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, this is all part of what the team passing it on. Right. I, I, he was able to reach out one more time and, and pull Ella out of that, that flux and get her somewhere that. And if you look at the legends of Iluru, which is where she's under. Yep. Um, it talks about it being a crossroads, a cosmic crossroad. The aboriginals believe that the, the sky itself touches Uluru and that the, the old gods, that's how they came out of the tunnels. And it is a co- they call it a cosmic waypoint. One of the tribes really believes that the, the, the people that seeded the earth with life came from that, you know, that mountain. It all tied in so great. I was like, okay, I have to, you know, we have to tie all this together. So, yeah. All right. So back over to the Locks house. Edgar has given you his best explanation. Uh, he is trying to make you understand that the, in the you know, in these lands, it, you know, you don't break magical packs. The, the things out there are real. You know, th- that's why they set up shop here. You know, that's why they, they settled in all the world. This was the place because the primitive spirits still walk here you know in europe the forests were cut down and, and and the spirits began to dwindle and they got smaller and smaller and smaller and and you've lost the wild there's nothing but wild out here right that's how he that's how he's trying to explain to you why he and his brother brought their entire curiosity shop into the middle of fuck all nowhere excuse me in 1933 i mean why would you go here um, because here is where you can still talk to the eldest things, the older things. And these people are truly connected, right? These are some of the first people. They date back pretty far. And here you don't break a magical bond. Like, a, 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 you know, an arrangement was made, a promise. So he's like, I'm so glad you stopped him because it's really important that we don't break that. Vadim says, um, I do not know about Pax. Blood, old ones, or all these things you speak of, but I, I believe you are the only way we could find our friend. What other choice do we have, ladies? Do you have idea? You know, Ella is gone in strange and mystical place. This man is strange and mystical thing. I mean, what other choice do we have? Exactly. It's... The person who could help us the most is the one that we need to save. I don't think that we have a choice. I, I, I can tell you with all my heart, I know she's alive. I believe that. I can. Okay. Sir, her, I still sense her. You, you, that's, that is fine, sir. I, I just want you to understand a simple fact. You are going to help us. You have said you will help us. If you somehow have other designs if you somehow are going to try to trick us or do something bad for us you will end up in a hole dead and no one will ever see your body again you understand this and any one of us here will do that act all of us together 
any of us individually. You will rot stinking in a hole. Yes, I, I, I believe you. I believe you. I believe you're capable and that you're willing to do such a thing. I, I am sure you're... I'm not saying that's going to happen because you're going to help us, right, my friend? I, you, you are going to do what you say you are going to do and you are going to make sure that we get returned to our friend. And you're going to do something quickly to show us something tangible, some, some, a bit of goodwill before he wakes up. What, 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 is, what is that? What can I do? I, 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 I mean, we have to get back to Darwin. We have to, we have to find a train. I, it's days. It's going to take days to get there. But I'm going with you. I'm not going. I, I, I'll bring the box. I, I have to bring the box. I, what can I give you? What can I? A bit of proof that we didn't. I'm. I, I, I don't have proof on. All I have is my brother's voice. I don't. I don't even. I'm. I'm going to where he was. Where he was heading. I'm going to where he believes he's been trapped. I, this isn't this isn't medicine, Miss Ross. This is magic. This the it's. I walk uh, over to the nearest antique and I slap it to the floor like an angry cat because he's making me cranky. <laughs> oh, that was mother's. So, Catherine, make me a luck roll. Seriously, please. Seriously. Oh my gosh. Please. Who knows what you just broke? <laughs> the woman with no luck left. <laughs> oh, that was the jar of souls. <laughs> What'd you roll? <laughs> I didn't make my luck roll, but it's not a crit fail. Well, thank God for it that. It hits the ground. You hear, mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, How's that feel, a- fucker? I, that's what's basically looking at the poor man. He's like, oh my god. I am. Do, do, do you have a dustpan? <laughs> oh my god. I am so sorry. I'm still missing. Please stop antagonizing the man who can find me. I, I just. I thought I that would only harm capitalism, I, not not your. Um. I just want to paint a quick mental picture. Face uh, sitting next to Jack, laying on the ground, just kind of keeping an eye on him. And she watches Catherine do that. And Faye just kind of just ever so gently just like touches her head to her knees. Like, how did this go so wrong so quickly? He doesn't want to, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't know why this NPC is still helping you guys. I don't know his either. His brother. His brother. He's getting, I mean, he's getting his brother back with you. So. I'm, uh, I'm gonna help you clean this up, and then I'm going to sit outside. <laughs> I, I I do not think that there's any proof that this man can offer us. He has his word. He has abilities that we cannot fathom. I have a string. We cannot that prove. I, I I spin a string, and it talks with in a different voice. Isn't that proof enough? I you oh, I did, my it's... oh my mother. I I, I think we must. <laughs> oh, I think we must act on faith. I my have friend. none. I, I am not talking about faith and greater things. I am talking about the uh, little faith in this little man. I have none of that either. And uh, if he does not come through, well, uh, he I ceases had... to be. Good God. Edgar, I apologize. Your mother didn't deserve this. <laughs> I have to throw out I'm these pretty... powers and try out this uh, this this vase. Just I'm pretty sure little... she did not fun- she did not feel anything. <laughs> oh. Of course, in this house, maybe she did. <laughs> I'll never. I'll hear about it tonight while I sleep. Oh my fucking god! So, what you really need to ask yourself is what the vase was really for, because I doubt seriously it was just to keep mommy next to him. That's what he just said. I'm sure I'm going to hear a lot about this when. Yeah. Okay. I'm upset. So much of Edgar and his brother that just <laughs> so, below the surface. So Edgar has said that we need to return to Darwin, where he is not the uh, the most liked native son. Correct. Yeah. Um, and we also have an unconscious Jack who is going to be an angry bear real... when he wakes up. Jack will be up in about an hour. Did He's anyone think to pissed. ask this man about where the kids are? Uh, no, I didn't get to that. Um, I was a little distracted. The, you're just going to roll down Main Street like that shooting, huh? Okay. 
like a drive-by. Pick a jar. No. They're probably in here somewhere. <laughs> you fucker. Oh You're on a timeout. You are unconscious. No, You're no, no. On a what I am out. is a fucking truth teller. That's what I am, motherfucker. <laughs> oh my God. A truth no, teller. Like, we told the people of Darwin that we'd look, and we haven't thought a single iota about them kids. <laughs> well, you just did it, Jack. Jack. A child looks into the darkness, and what does he see from the darkness? Evil personified Raz looking back at him. That's what the child sees. What, what does he see? Porcelain. That's what he sees. Oh, no. More kids in pots. No, there's nobody in a pot. Oh, oh Christ. Thank mother. God. Mm. Oh, so, Scott, we made the same displeasure noise. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack is out for about another 45, 50 minutes. Catherine, you did a nice job. Well, we just lost 10 minutes just like that. Whatever. <laughs> By the time you scoop up his mother and put her in a vase. Um, I, I think so we need to have bad. a plan. Yeah. I think we need to have a plan like like uh, somehow Jack isolated with like Vodum and Catherine or something like that. So when he comes to number one, this guy is nowhere, you know, in his sight line. Yeah. Aha. And that, Aha. <laughs> what if we, what if we say, what if we say Edgar used magic? No, then he's going to want to kill him even more. Yeah, I was about to say. Um... We, we we need to, we need to try to reason with him that you know Edgar is the only way we're finding. We're finding Ella, you know, this, but I, I think we, if we, if we're getting back in the boat, is there a way we can have Jack somewhere in the boat with like, say like phase watching Edgar cat, you know, Catherine and I are with Jack or, or some, some combination of the three. It's just like separate in that kids way. In the car, bad kids Edgar, in the car. By the time Edgar packs a bag, brings all the things he needs, it's going to take more than an hour. You're going to, Jack will wake up while you're still here. Unless Catherine's going to give him more juice. I think if he wakes up somewhere else, it's better. You know what? The fact that you're sitting there thinking about doing it, Catherine, unbelievable. And she's like, initially, initially there's horror, but before the horror was like, you know, that might work. (laughs) Unbelievable. No. Well. Also, like if, if we, do we really give a crap about Edgar packing extra clothes? We could just drag his ass out and throw him in the boat. Or we could just say you it's got five days, minutes, bitch. It's days away. Yes, a, well, you know. My mother's on get the a, floor. You'll get he a little soiled. You'll live. But what's wrong with you people? My a lot. We have a lot do of trauma. Do you see that rather large man who is unconscious on the floor? If we do not handle this properly, he is going to kill you when he comes to. And probably... Packed or anything, be damned. <laughs> he, he will kill you, my friend. I only okay, have so many. Okay. I only have so All right. many syringes. <laughs> he's 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 cleaning up his Batesian mother. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm helping him with the Batesian mom to make this faster. <laughs> Please don't just you. I've seen what you're capable of. Please just let me get her into a vase. <laughs> This man has watched me take down a six foot three murderous man. He's watched me smack vases that contain his loved and a fourteen ounce mother. He's like emptying out the sugar bowl. He's putting her into the sugar pot. Mm, I don't know if there's enough room. Oh my god! It's another space, but she'll be fine. Oh my god, well, guys. If you want to give, if you want to double tap a vein and get, and slap on Jack's arm and hit him again, I don't want to double tap him. I am making right, that decision. So here's what you could do: you can all go in. You can get him in the boat and start heading back without Edgar, and Edgar can meet you somewhere along the train line. <laughs> You're probably not going to allow that, or just get Jack outside, and Edgar will lock the door. Let and me the, ask you this: Is there? Can we ask Edgar? Is there some way for him to get on the train without going to Darwin? Well, there's, we can we can make the stop up a little bit further, but it's overlet. It 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 would be slower that way. We'd have to we'd have to make our way, you know, on foot or horses. But you'd have to pick those up in Darwin. the The train only has like three stops before it gets to Ayers Rock. Can we can we like put some kind of a disguise? Isn't on Isn't that where we needed to be going like anyway? What if we uh, what if hey, we put handcuffs wait. on him and tell them we are taking him to authorities? <laughs> or maybe we dress him up like a woman and put him on the train. Oh, the 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 bosom buddies uh, <laughs> gambit. I like it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that. And Some like it hot. 
maybe I'm standing right here. Um, I do not think he would mind being dressed guys, like a woman. I, I call me crazy. <laughs> guys, yeah, Ayers Rock. Isn't that where we're yes. supposed to be going anyway? It it is. Yeah. Yes. Oh, great. Um, I I remembered a magical fact. Oh, look. Three stops from uh, from Darwin. Amazing. Which so, means a long way. Like that should totally be a movie name. Three stops from Darwin. Darwin. I'm gonna write that down. Do, do, do. It's one of those '90s style kitschy heist movies. Yes, love it. <laughs> love it. That it is. Um, why not just take him the fuck out of my house and give me a few minutes to pack, please? All right, let's do that. Vadim okay. and Catherine, if you want to take let's Jack outside, boat. I will keep an eye on Edgar in here so he doesn't do anything weird. And All so, right. and we can have Jack on the boat. So Jack comes to, yeah. he's on the boat, and we can try to calm him down. You got the two stronger ones out of, because uh, let's face it, I'm not going to fucking stop him. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to talk him down. All right. So Jack is carried out um, in an old rug. Uh, the two <laughs> in the rug and drag him outside. Um, you put him into the boat. Uh, it's expensive, so please try not to get it wet. You roll him into the boat. The guide is still stand, sitting there. He's looking at you like, this doesn't look good. Is he all right? What happened to your friend? Is he all right? He's um, fine. Yeah. Don't ask questions. <laughs> all right. He's Fair a enough. lightweight. Oh. Well, if you've been having a little little nip of something, the sun's pretty hot. Don't mind if I do. Any, you got some now? I mean, anything I can share? Um. Yeah, actually. Um, Catherine opens the medical bag and pulls out what is essentially ethanol. He's like, right. You know what? <laughs> Maybe nice. later. Gotta gotta drive back. But uh Oh, um is that not to your to your liking? Yeah, you party a little hard for me there, sweetheart. That's right. Um I'll I'll just keep her floating right here. I may have whiskey somewhere. Could've opened with that. Might have been a little bit more <laughs> I mean this was just at the top of the bag, you know? Well, <laughs> Would it change the conversation quite a bit? But that's all right. Is this why all my dates end badly? Well, I don't... Badly for who? (laughs) She hands him a flask. I believe this contains whiskey. Not even thinking about it. Noted. (laughs) All right, inside. Faye, you... uh, Edgar gets Mama back into a vase, puts her up on on the mantle. Um... Just, just says I, you know, I'm going. Puts the box, you know, picks the box up. He says, "I'm just going to go up to my room and pack my things, and uh, Mama's cameo, and I'll be right down." No, um, let me go up with you. Why? Why not? Because it's my private room. Look, Edgar, it's out of all of the people, I'm probably the chillest right now. I'm probably the calmest. So just you for are... your sake. Yeah, I am. For your sake, just let me come up. I'm just going to stand outside your bedroom door. It's just to make sure that you don't do anything, like, nothing weird happens, okay? Also for protection from everything outside. Joel, you're distracting me, my sweet. This way, didn't really think I'd be having to... I'm bringing someone upstairs, mother! I thought, um... Now listen, I'm someone who also has a deceased mother, um... I know. And, uh, I'm sorry? I know. Did I mention it? I, sometimes, it slips out. Not that I recall. How do you know that? Death. It's all over you. So I've been told. He turns and starts walking up the stairs again. I will, uh... <laughs> I kick my... him, and then I go up. No. 
my eyes just kind of go wide like the and like I just have like a smile on my face that goes like, oh, this fucking guy. And I'm just going to uh, follow I him up the stairs. should let my friend beat your ass. You um, know, maybe I should have let Jack kick his ass. Yeah. He goes up. He's just packing up. He's just doing what normal people would do when they're about to go on a fairly long journey. He packs some f- clothes for his brother. He packs clothes for himself. He makes a suitcase, um, throws a couple of books in it, uh, one or two things, including his mother's cameo that he drapes over his own neck. And he's looking at you like, that's all. I'm ready. Outside, Jack, you come too. And you're looking at a very, very large open portion of sky with about, I don't know, four o'clock sun. And uh, man of the boat go, oh, crikey. Finally waking up there, eh? Welcome back. How did I get here? Just to be clear, you you need to be calm. Can you talk? He looks to his left and his right and looks over at his right hand and notices that there's no Edgar. Where's Edgar? He is inside. And do you have my blood? Edgar has it. So then explain to me what happened exactly. Because the last I remember, I had him firmly by the throat, had a knife at my side, and was threatening to cut off a digit until I got my blood back. And then here I am. So I think somebody needs to tell me what's going on. I'm going to RP it, but can I also make a roll for it? keeper mm-hmm. or is that not appropriate pvp um if you're going what are you doing trying to fast talk him well that would be his deal but yeah yeah i mean uh, jack's you know fast talk it's just to calm him down but yeah essentially jack you you have every right to be upset at us right now but you must understand. We have one purpose. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I have every right to be upset to you. Why Why do I have every right to be upset? What did you Because do? you were in this boat. Because of the, the large amount of sedative drugs that Catherine pumped into you. He starts to get up. You need to stay down, my friend. He starts to get up. I'm, I'm sorry. Can you please explain this to me? I've had all of your backs this entire time. And somehow, and when I try yours. to defend myself, I'm, I'm stabbed with a syringe? Jack, you, uh, you gave your blood to this man. You knew the purpose of which it would be used for. It is the only way that we can find Ella. And Ella is the only way that we are going to be able to be successful at this little endeavor that we are all a part of, that we have all sacrificed so much for. This needs to happen. You can see the wheels are turning in his face, in his eyes. Continue. As I have stated to this weasley little man, he, he is hoping to get his brother back. He is assuring us that it will include getting Ella back. If this does not happen, he will lie stinking, rotting in a hole, and that will be, <laughs> I have no doubt, by your hand. We'll help. I'll dig the hole. So, I'll make you a deal. Instead of going insane and charging for the house. You can decide whether you want that deal, or you'd like to try to stop me from charging the house. You say you're my friend, and you stand by me, so this is what I want in exchange. We get Ella back, and then I kill both of them. And if you have to, you will all hold them down while I do it. And I will torture oh. them until they're dead. But both of them that meaning is the deal. There is no discussion. No. That is your options. I'm just, I'm clarifying. You either fight me to mean? the ground now oh. and everything breaks or you will make me this honor. And I look, he looks very firmly in Vadim's, in Vadim's eyes. You understand this. Don't pretend you don't. You understand vengeance and hatred. You will, if you will give me this, 
let let me uh let me make sure you know me well. I have one purpose in life. Only one. To destroy these beings that have destroyed my life. I care not what happens after that. Ella is, in my estimation, the only way that that is going to happen. So right now, the only thing I care about is getting Ella back. What you feel you need to do for your own purposes, my friend, is your business, not mine. I would never stand in your way as long as your purpose does not stand in my way. And uh, in what you just described, it doesn't seem to to me, you know. Then I need both of your word. If words truly mean something, I need your word, both of you. We don't discuss it with Faye, and we don't discuss it with Ella. As you said, this is mine, and I'll have it. J- Jack, you uh, you say what kind of man I am. Um, I am a very, uh, as you say, pragmatic man. Uh, I deal with situation as they come. I am always prepared to to pivot, to uh, to adjust as the situation is needed. And in my life and my line of work, I have rarely uh, tied myself down to one decision or one agreement. It is not a generally good position to be in. I can tell you, as of right now, I have no sense of care for these men. If this is what your passion is, then I will not stand in your way. But, but Jack, what if the situation changes? What if these men are somehow needed? What if these men somehow have further information of use for us? See, I am a man who is pragmatic. And if some disgusting individual is needed for my purposes, then I will use that disgusting individual. So it is hard for me to tell you that as soon as Ella is back in our presence, I will allow you to to do whatever you will with these men. Right now, I can tell you I foresee nothing that would prevent me from allowing you to do whatever you please. Allowing, I wouldn't allow you. You would just simply do. But Jack, I ask you, what would happen if these men are somehow needed? If we need them for their purpose? Do you have the the wit about you? Do you have the will to use the tools we need to use to set your personal animus aside? Can you tell me that? You've told me what kind of man you are as compared to what kind of man I would have you be. So I will offer you this in response. I, in turn, will pivot when and where I see fit. And goddamn the man or woman that gets in my way. And then he gets up out of the boat. Vadim looks over at Kate and says, I, I take that as a win? I throw open my mouth a little bit. <laughs> um, I don't know about you, but I never want to be in that man's way. <laughs> um, he turns back and he points to Catherine and says, you will never be behind my back again. And he walks away. And I've, I never thought I'd say this, but I'm kind of glad I'm in the house with Edgar right now. (laughs) The man's a weirdo, but my God, I'm scared of Jack. It's just, uh, it's not a bad thing. It is, uh, it, it is an understandable reaction to be clandestinely drugged behind your back. But you did the right thing, Kate. Fuck off, Vadim! And she gets out of the... (laughs) She gets up and, like, brushes past him and... I'm gonna go for a walk! I I just Two for two. (laughs) He says, I just have a question. When you were saying that you're you're here because you were messing with some creepy little guy, you didn't mean me, did you? No, sir. Oh, right. Okay, then. I, in all honesty, I, boat, man. I forgot you were there. <laughs> Fucking hell, I didn't. <laughs> oh, no. Thought you made a lot of sense, though, for what it's worth. And I wouldn't be trusting that lady either. What she offered me in that flask, don't know what the hell was in it. But all right, everyone, um, we're going to end up heading for Darwin with the team when we return next time. 
Uh, with Darwin's number one hero. With Darwin's number one <laughs> favorite son. <laughs> favorite son, yeah. <laughs> the key holder to the city of Darwin. They brought him back for us to <laughs> beat him in the town square. Look at everybody. It's Jiminy Pedophile. There he is. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. My God. Hey, we're all thinking it. Sure. Okay. Joel just has the bravery to say it. I'm upset. I just put it out there. I just, you know, that's this right. Is, these have been some classic Catherine moments. <laughs> Fuck you, Edgar. My mother. <laughs> Jack, wait. <laughs> yep. It's been a while since we've had a good all, uh, all Catherine, all yeah. night long. <laughs> it has been a while since we've, that's a good, that's absolutely correct, Faye. We needed yeah. a good juicing. We yeah, really she hasn't been able to wield the the morphine for a while. Wait, has Jack been here since we've done a juicing? It's you know, I genuinely no. don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. We had a good juice, <laughs> a juice cleanse. What <laughs> <laughs> gosh? I think our last big juice was freaking Italy. No, no, we juiced the meat for the dogs. Yeah, breaking into Nepal. That is true. So is is what? Jack mad at when? all of us? Or... No, Faye, you're in the clear. <laughs> I think he Jack is mad at me because I'm not there. As far as Jack knows, Catherine, we Catherine stabbed him in the back, and Vadim said it was okay. <laughs> I, I, I was yeah. a, I was a bystander. I just so standing I. there. Wow, yeah. yeah. How well, cold I get is that, it but you're the you're the one going. We need you to understand. We need you to understand. You decided to be the mitigator. <laughs> Yes, oh, yes. Yeah, I did decide to be the mitigator because what the fuck was going on? So here's where we're going to end this episode. Jack goes into the house, starts heading for the house. Vadim talks to the boatman. Catherine's standing there kind of trembling, shaking. You'll never poke me in the, you'll never have my back again. And walks past her and you hear, all by myself. <laughs> As the credits start to roll on this episode of Cthulhu and Cairo. Um, I'm Raz. Thank you. Myself. Yeah. I'm all when by myself. Classic you 80s montage for Jack. I'm jealous. Oh my you, God. You're by yourself in a way. I'm but... with a corpse. That's by myself. A corpse of a friend. Depends on your point of view. Those I only have the fishes for company. That's that is the So you have fish? And a a corpse of a friend. It's all over, but the fishes. He's not going to talk to me. He's not going to tell me about the latest bocce ball game in his new... No, but you're weird. I think you can make conversation. If you him and channel that, I bet you he can have a conversation with you. And on that note, we'll we'll catch everyone next time next week. I can't communicate with dead spirits. I can only see where you've been. Just keep telling us that. Yeah. Uh, from all of us at the Barda College, thank you so much. Uh, I'm Raz. The rest of the group, good night. Good night, players. Thank you so much, and we'll catch everybody next time. Take care, everybody. Good night. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.